Hello, this is Yasmin Bilkis Ibrahim of Mina Bilkis. And this is Yasmin Metz Johnson of Yasmin Tells. We are Y Square Pod. Thanks for tuning back into the pod, y'all. Today is our last episode. But before we tune in, I'm going to let Yas go ahead with the interesting fact and we'll continue. Okay, so the interesting fact today is that Sierra Leone is home to the natural resources, diamonds, gold, and rutile. We also have popular cash crops, which are palm oil, cashew, cocoa, and coffee. Yep. Uh, so as I mentioned just a few seconds ago, this is our last episode. Last episode of the, of the season. season. Of the season, Definitely jokes. Cool. We'll be back, guys. We will be. So we're just going to take a six-week hiatus, and we'll be back in May 2019. So just, you know, a few weeks from now. But uh, before we come back and always tune in the conversation, please use the hashtag Y Square Pod and check out Instagram. We will have some videos and some footage for you all during that six weeks. So we're just not going to leave y'all cold turkey. Yeah, we're gone, but we're not really gone. Mm-hmm, exactly. So for this episode, we have something special for you. We it's have... called Oh yes, Salon Kadi. Salon today. So meaning salon then and salon now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very, we think it's very important um, as young people to go to know where you're going. You need to know where you're from. So we have three recordings from um, three people that we interviewed and Yaz will talk a bit more about that. Yes. Yeah, so similar to what Yasmin was saying, I also believe to go ahead, you need to know where you're coming from. So we decided on this episode, so Salon Chade, Salon Today. Um, we decided on it a while ago, but then we thought we can't really speak about Salon then because, well, we weren't there. We don't know. <laughs> so we got a few recordings from our mothers and we also have a recording from Auntie Yada. And yeah, so they are just going to give us a brief explanation about their time in Sierra Leone, growing up in Sierra Leone. We asked the same question of what was in Sierra Leone that doesn't happen now or what was something that used to happen that no longer um, continues in Sierra Leone. Now, what has drastically changed and um, what would they like to see that doesn't happen now, but happened back then? So some nostalgia feels for our older listeners, but also I think some good advice for, you know, millennials and younger youngsters out there. So I hope you enjoy these recordings and we will be back. Okay, with me now, I have Dr. Aisha Fofana Ibrahim. She is a lecturer at Forbay College, and she's going to give us her take on what has dramatically changed in Sierra Leone and what she would like to see happen now that um, that used to happen before. I think one of the things that are, that changed drastically is uh, um, the quality of education. And when we're going up in Sierra Leone, Public schools were the best schools to attend. Um, you had few private schools, and um, you had key, key major boys and girls schools that were public or, or public uh, government-assisted schools, and they were the best in the country. And uh, classroom size was very small. Um, I know there's a population explosion, but that alone has contributed to the low quality of education. So number one, if you don't train the students, if you don't come from very good schools, they go to university, they finish university, teach at training colleges, and then they go teach, 
I mean, so you are going to get quality students from those teachers. So the teachers that are in the public schools now are those teachers that um, they didn't go to very good schools, and so their level of education is very low. Not all of them, but uh, many of them. So that's and um, the classes are overcrowded. So I think what I would like to see is us going back to public schools that are very good. I mean, see what Annie Walsh and Grammar School have done, and the public assisted schools like FSSG, the school that I went to, public assisted school. And now we're trying to get back to that. Small class sizes, very good qualified teachers that can really speak English because speaking English is very important for 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 good for good quality education. So small smaller class and size classes, access to books. They have to have library hours where people go and read. You don't read, you don't know. I think that's what the unions have missed. Reading really contributes to the way you use language and the way you understand language as well. So that for me is what I miss. I think we can get that back because we're not that many. We're just seven point something million. So I think that that is achievable. We just need um, the right focus and the visionary leadership, basically. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Um, in addition to um, books and um, students exercising their use of the language to practice it, um, what do you, what would you say that kids did outside of school? Because you know, all play, all work and no play makes Jack or Jane a, a dull person. So, what did you do back then, growing up? Well, I think um, um, that's another um, area that I think changed drastically. I still see kids playing outside. There's no, there's no space for kids to play. We used to have yards, but now everybody has made their yards into rented property. So there's no space for kids to play. And then we had a public space, which was uh, Victoria Park. And uh, you had two, two sections of Victoria Park where you had the merry-go-rounds and all that stuff and you had other place was just empty, open space with flowers and stuff where people can play so we don't have that and then we used to have fits what you call jumps and fits i mean we used to call it fits here mm -hmm. um so every public holiday or like saturdays uh, young girls and boys will go and dance their lives away in the afternoon and mm -hmm. these things end yeah they start at two and they end at about eight seven, eight, and then you go home. But now it's uh, mm -hmm. nightclubs that start at 12 midnight. Can you imagine? And it's for young people. How can a young girl go to the club at 12 midnight and leave at six? So those type of recreation. So you, you, you meet boys from other schools and from other uh, girls from other schools, and you meet at these fits or jumps. Yeah. And uh, you have fun, and then everybody goes about their business. So recreation, and right now, I mean, we don't even have public spaces to take kids to play. And if you have one, they're very expensive. So I think we need spaces. Um, government should provide spaces. So now, in Maputo, every corner has a park. Mm. Every corner, every community has a park where people can just go sit, play, and with their kids. We need something like that. Mm, yeah, definitely. And uh, what about cinemas? What about our last question? What about uh, cinemas? We have one in Freetown, Lagunda, but you talked about it's private and you know it's not affordable to the average Sierra Leonean. Um, did you have cinemas or um, those kind of recreation activities growing up? Oh, thanks for reminding me about <laughs> this one because I remember sneaking after after school to go to Bibles <laughs> and Odeon to watch movies. So what happens? What used to happen was like every Sunday, that was a, it was a, it was an outing. You go to the movies and you go to the beach for some of us, and then and then in, during the week, they'll have discount. The movies that were shown over the weekend, it's a full price. Over the week, they're discounted. 
So people just go in and watch those movies. And then those were the, the, the things we talked about. Those are the, the water cooler discussions, what you call water cooler discussions now. Okay. Yeah, where people just hang out and talk about, oh, did you see Amita uh, Basha? The Indian movies, of course. Uh, so you had Indian movies, American movies, you had uh, Chinese movies. So you have a category of people that went to watch different types of movies. And there are cinemas like Starco, Odeon, Bible, also are low-key. If you go to Strand, Roxy, those are the high-level uh, uh, high ones. But yeah, that's something we really miss, going to the movies. Okay. All right, one more question before you go. Um, so the currency, I know it was different, um, obviously. Uh, could you explain more about the currency and the things that you could buy back then? In today's currency, what would be the equivalent, if you're aware? Uh, that, that's a tough one because we have the same leons and cents. Mm. Oh, cents, okay. Yeah, we have leons and cents. Okay. Uh, I think we still have leons and cents. We don't have cents, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 50 cents. 50 leons. Oh, my goodness, no cents? <laughs> okay, yes, okay, 50 leons. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't compare. I really don't know because when we used to go to school, two leons was huge for lunch. That's what we will buy a drink, we'll buy um, bread and ball or bread and butter, lunch or meat and sardine, mm-hmm. and some ginger beer. Yeah, yeah. All with two trillions. I remember that's what my mother used to give me. Okay, but you don't know the exchanges. No, I don't know. No. I don't know how what how, how what, what what because the one leon was one dollar then. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, at one time it was the same. Only one dollar okay. before it started uh, uh, falling. So uh, at that time, uh, maybe one million was what it will give you, so it would be 7,000. So it's almost the same thing, if you think about it. Right, yeah, 9, exactly. Okay, so your, your two leons was about 16,000, yeah, which, well, would that buy? Or, I think that is even a lot. You yeah, can buy ginger beer, you can buy right, bread, right. yeah. No, but that time it was not, well, I'll give you, it was, after the fall, we started getting two leons. Then oh. it was like 50, 10, 20 cents mm-hmm. for lunch, 30 cents, 20 cents. Oh, okay, yes. okay, okay, okay. It was when so. the money started falling that we started getting like two millions for lunch. Oh, yes. okay, okay, I understand. All right, thank uh, I don't know the exchange rate. I can't I can remember. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. All right, well, thank you very much, Dr. Brian, for your time. You're much welcome. Okay, so I have my mother here with me at the moment. Would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Yvonne Tego. And what do you do in Freetown, Yvonne Tego? I currently run Mamelu's Kitchen, which sells all the local snacks. I call them Mumuere, Cham Cham, Granite Cake, Benny Cake, Ginger Cake. We've introduced potato chips and uh, cassava chips and all the other little bits and bobs. I also do smoked chicken and smoked pork, which is very popular. Plug yourself. Um, Mum, how long have you lived in Freetown, Sierra Leone? I lived in Freetown. I was actually born in Freetown and then um, I relocated to the UK at about the age of 25. Well, I did my studies in the UK, came home for a couple of years and then went back. So give and take, I lived in the UK for about 22 years and I relocated back to Freetown 10 years ago. Nice. So the question I have for you, Mum, is what happens in Freetown, well, what used to happen in Freetown, Sierra Leone that does no longer happen? I think there's a total breakdown in uh, the family setup because before 
in Freetown, we used to live as a community. Your neighbors are like your family. I mean, if our parents are going out, they don't have to worry. They'll just say to the neighbor, oh, by the way, I'm not in and uh, keep an eye on the house for us. And that means us as well, you dare not disrespect a neighbor because obviously um, you come back and your parents are told that you've been naughty or whatever, be ready for the consequences. I mean, Freetown was such a safe place that our neighbors have the keys to the house. So you don't even have to worry about losing your key or anything. I think generally... I thought it was so safe that you didn't even have to lock your door a lot of the time. No, Is that will, true? You will lock your door, but okay. at least you don't have to worry about your neighbor having your keys because, mm. you know, you don't You trust to, them, they're not going yeah, to... Yeah, that, there's that trust, trust. Like I say, we used to live as families. Some even grew up ending up feeling that we're related and we're not related it's just because of that family unit that we had mm. we came close together like the same everybody Creole. cared for one another yes yeah. as the same Creole, um good neighbor better pass for we family because obviously if anything happens to you they're the first people to come to your aid so we had that relationship i think really it's so you would say that's that community spirit is no longer here and no 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 because um I think this is, I don't know, people say it's the war. Because I think what happened before, when people come into Freetown from other areas of Sierra Leone, they come in small numbers and they're able to integrate into the culture of Freetown and the Creoles in general. But they came in mass, do you But think? then I and think then... during the war they came en masse and then most of the Creoles were not here and obviously they tried to... Um, integrate themselves and that is why I always tell you that now you hear things like Adipankam which is not Creole in Creole you just say Adikam Mibak these mm. kinds of Creoles they're all part of that integration that came in with the uh, flooding in of people from other parts of the country yes um, what about education is there any other elements that you oh, think are drastically different definitely past. definitely different because in our time when we were going to school the class sizes were smaller and that teacher respect in fact somebody like me I so admired my teacher that I had always said I would want to be a teacher but then as the years evolved and you see the trend of things I mean I am so shocked to see teachers now selling like food stuff and things to children that was unheard of in our days because you look at your teacher with that respect. I remember there was one time it was my birthday and my mom gave me some after the birthday the next day like a goodie bag to take from my teacher. I was so scared to, to even approach my teacher. Really? I came back home with it. Oh. That was the kind of respect that we had for our teachers. We look up to them some kind of... Um, I don't know. You just look up to them. You really yeah, look you up to them, them. and you, you really have that kind of respect. I mean, but these days, ah, some of the things I see, oh my God, I said, if my grandmother should wake up from her grave, she would just say, you know what, let me just return. Things are really... I'm just hoping and praying that things get better. But I think law and order have really, really just gone out of the window. Mm. We really have to embrace discipline. And uh, this is not just, I mean, the teachers have their own role to play, but parents do have a role. You see, in this day and age, most of the children are brought up by nannies. 
themselves. And some of the nannies do not have what it takes to discipline a child. Because I am your nanny and I'm looking up to your parents to pay me at the end of the month. So if you do anything untoward, I'm so scared to chastise you. Yeah. Because I don't know what you might go and say to your parents. Because some of these parents, they look upon their kids as, they, they forget that they have to instill certain discipline on their kids. Some of them that think they're affluent, they think money can buy everything. So it's like, buy this for my child, buy that for my child. And the child does not understand what it means to not have everything. So that nanny does not have what it takes. So a child will come home, nobody there to supervise. They will sit and watch Nigerian movies or blah, blah, blah. Mom and dad comes home very late. They're tired too. Most of them don't have time to like oversee what the mm. children have done in school or whether there's homework or whether there's feedback. So total breakdown. I mean, I think this uh, thing about it's good for mom to work and dad to work, but there should be a balance for time for the children. So do you believe there was more of a balance when you were going to school? Or oh, definitely. There was more traditional roles? Also, we grew in the age where grandparents were a vital role in the family. Mm -hmm. Because, for instance, I know some of the time my dad worked in the provinces, but our grandmother was always there to oversee. So, I mean, that does not even give you the excuse to misbehave to say, oh, because daddy's not here. Dare you not, because you will pay the consequences. Yeah. So you see, in our time, there were consequences for good behavior and bad behavior. And there was more of a family unit, there was more community, of a family spirit. Unit, community spirit. On Sundays, myself and my brothers, we all go to church. After church, we go to Sunday school. Sunday school, we come back home. Mm. And these are things we... we, we, we you look forward we, to. We look forward mm -hmm. to, because like us, we had one of our grandmas who used to sell at Kutangul Market. And after church, because at that time we had Sunday school in the afternoon, 2.30. So from our church, Samaria Church, we just go across the road after church to Grandma Virginia. And she would have prepared the best fish stew that we eat with bread. And the tea was so milky. You sound very nostalgic. Right oh, now. it is. It is. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I sit and reminisce on those days. I'm like, the kids of today, they really, they really have missed out. Then we had Peter's in Zoconis who would go there on Saturdays to buy our novels, Mills and Bones. Mm. I mean, we had places as children that would go and, like you say now, chill. Mm. That time we don't call it chill, we just it's a meetup. But not all of us were lucky to go all the time. Some of us, if we have to go to those places, we have to make excuses. Why were those places that the um, children or young adults would go to? Uh, chill, relax. You would go to. Uh, like I said, PZ, and then they had um, uh, this place on, is it like Boston Street now? It was called Record Parade. But for most of us, we dare not even tell our parents that that's where we were going, but most of the time, that is where they had Sombrero, La Ronda, all these places where like chilling areas on Saturdays for mm. teenagers to just meet and just have a little fun and then go home yeah. with not much mischief. But these days, you get the kids, I mean, their, their own level is so different now that I just can't even compare. Yeah, I think there's a lot of contributing factors. Like, I don't think it's necessarily the kids' fault alone. But from what you've said, I, I think there was a lot more routine and discipline Definitely. in the past than there is now. Well, that is what I'm saying. I said most of the parents now do not take responsibility for parenthood. 
Most of them just think, oh, if I am working, mom is working, dad is working, we have money, money will do everything. And that is not, it's not it. Because those days, with little money, our parents were able to do much for us. Whereas now, so much money, and the children are lacking some of the, 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 the very necessary ingredients of growing up and becoming responsible citizens. Thank you very much, Mum. We will discuss your points that you've raised. Thank you. Thank you, Yasmin. <laughs> Okay, Fambulem, so I talk to Auntie Ada. Auntie Ada, I'm your own person. Uh, the person where they cook for in our house. I don't have been Auntie Ada for 10 years now. You know, watch where they big, where they grow up. So, like, me own mama. So, 12. <laughs> now I'm going with so. <laughs> 12, yeah. So, I'll, give, I'll go pass the mic now to Auntie Ada. Let him talk about how salon been this today and how salon today now. Auntie Ada, say, say, kushet in Fambulem. Fambulem, I and now, Kushe, now the country, it don't bad off. We own days. How the country been there force? We did not treat it to clean. We're not afraid of nothing. But nowadays, five o'clock where you did not treat you, they're afraid for letting not kill you. So it's very difficult now this time. So these days, oh, we don't meet, oh, picking and don't meet, it's very difficult. All right. Auntie Ada has just said that today the country is worse off than how it used to be. Before, they would stay out till late, no problems. However, now when it's 5 p.m., they are not as free to stay out. They feel a bit scared. Okay, so Auntie Ada, waiting on a do when I'm small, what will they do now at Salon today? First thing, we they meet people in the young picky where they're born, we they catch out bitter. Go lay a complaint to you, mama, or go to your daddy, go report. <laughs> so God and Abila Piki not go get mind. But nowadays, the comrade and the Thai Okulapa, why they beat me picking? For who's reason? Why they flag me picking? Are you born and for me? Now you feed her. See how the country don't turn? They're God sorry for we. So, Auntie Yada just explained, saying how back in the day when you'd see a child, they're misbehaving, it would not only just be the parents who would um, discipline, discipline mm. the child, it was a community, right. you, don't get for sabili, you don't have to know the child, um, but you would still be an integral. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An integral part mm -hmm. of uh, disciplining the child. Um, however, now it's not like that because um, she was saying usually the, the parents would also encourage the child or take the child's side when wanting to um, fight against whoever is trying to discipline them. Right, and that's a very interesting observation because um, in the African society, it's like a, it takes a village to raise a child. So she's saying maybe in that regard, we're being a bit more modernized and allowing parents to solely discipline the child as opposed to asking for help from elders and such. Yeah, similar to what my mum was saying. She mentioned the same points. And Sarah, so waiting on a bit of we go look for CTD. We don't send We the commots. With the eye the store, mama, with the take who close who put on a plastic bag, we shut her under the step. We ready for come. Oh, mama don't sleep, daddy don't sleep, we jump in a street. <laughs> with the day in a street, say five o'clock morning. We don't run, come, come. That's so with the eye. Nowadays, mama, baby, you say come. Why they ask me? And I don't tell with we don't tell that two different things. Mm. That's what they say. Nowadays. That's what it be. 
Asobi. Yasmin asked Antiada, uh, what would you like to happen today? Um, no, what would you like to happen today that used to happen? Mm-hmm. And she was basically explaining how when she was younger that they would go out um, till night. They would um, usually sneak. They'll take like a packet of cl- clothes of what they plan to wear in the evening. They'll be out till late, maybe till 5 a.m., sneak back in. And now um, that that is no longer the case. Kids are very much allowed to, they're free, they can do what they like. And it's almost like if you question the child, why are you questioning the child? They are, it, it's just not the same, the same way how things used to work. Yeah, I think it just goes back to like the society that we live in and a lot of people feel like we're, we're straying away from our traditional mores and norms because traditionally you'd be like, okay, you live under your parents' house. So even though you are doing what they don't want you to do, you still need to have this kind of facade. Yeah. And, um, but nowadays you're like, okay, well, I'm empowered. I can do this. I'm an adult. And I don't think, I think that open frankness is what scares, you know, our older generation yeah. as opposed to like, oh, we're not saying we didn't do it before, but we used to hide it. So I don't know that whole sweeping things under the rug culture, you know, to each their own. But I think that's a good thing that people are more frank, you know. But anyways, teach their own. In moderation. In moderation. moderation yeah. Okay, the last question. Mm-hmm. So what advice you give to the young people in today? Me, what's our advice? Me, picking them who are born. Do ya? Like, let them listen. No, eh, not me picking them. Let them listen to them parents. They're waiting and parents they tell them. Let them listen. I'm gonna make them get long life. I'm gonna make them get short life. If they don't hear you one, then they go astray. Then they jump in the streets, go do abortion, then die there. So it's very difficult. So do you have me picking them and listen to the parents they're waiting and they tell you please. Yasmin asked Antiada what would she like the children of today to um, take into account in their day to day, and Auntie Ada said, um, Auntie Ada said, just to listen to your parents and yeah, listen to their word, what they have to say, rather than taking everything into your own account. And yeah, they're wiser, so therefore they know. All right, Auntie Ada, we left you for so thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Let God bless you now. I mean. Yeah, so those were our three interviews by Aisha Fofana Ibrahim, Yvonne Tego, and Antiada the Cook. Uh, if you want to tell us your opinions, you know, about Cerulean then or Cerulean now, please use the hashtag YSquarePod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and we will definitely get the conversation going. Yeah, so I thought there was very much a common ground in what all three of them were saying there is no longer the um, routine or structure or discipline uh, that <coughs> sorry that they had back in the day uh, everything is very much free for all and yeah what what did you get from it well it seemed like a very uh, prosperous and, and a more simpler time you know yeah. a simpler time and i love hearing these old stories you know that my parents tell me or people in passing tell me it's interesting and it also allows me to think okay this is how far we've come as a country you know post colonialism um as a developing nation post conflict post ebola you know post everything but then also how far we may have also strayed from some, you know, some really good family values. 
And I think that's something we as young people are always saying that we're going to pioneer, certainly going to change it, change it for the good, but also not forget our values as we can modernize without being westernized, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's something, um, it's always good. I, I love, you know, talking to older people, you know, just... That just level of comfort you get. Yeah, it's the same. When I speak to my grandmother in the UK, it sounds like she lived in a completely different country when mm. she speaks about her time in Freetown as a young child. Mm. It really sounds like she's talking about somewhere else. And when I explain to her how um, Freetown is now, she's just she cannot believe it's the same place. <laughs> and it just sounds like it's overcrowded. But I understand why that was during the wartime. Right, right. Um, and then it's the same with the markets as well. Markets, marketplaces back in the day, from what I understand, used to be located in one region or one area. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, you don't pass any road. No, you know, right. There's something, someone has something laid down. And I understand the... I wouldn't necessarily call it entrepreneurship, but I understand the hustle, hustle basically. It's yeah. the hustle. I get that. You know, you know everyone is hustling because you have to survive. But I don't know. I'm not saying to gentrify the city. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. I think so. But there's certain things, like what they did in Abuja, basically. What like, did they do? Huh, Abuja was just like Freetown, just disorganized. You know, everything was disarrayed in disarray and um what they what the government did was you know just break down those structures you know just allocate specific market zones for trading and stuff like that and abuja you don't abuja is not like that anymore mm. you don't see people trading in the sh- no i mean they do it illegally like on the highways you might pull over to buy a newspaper mm. or like biscuits or something but it's not like you know you're in the middle of traffic and 10 people swarm your car because they want to sell you something. Yeah, it's no. crazy. Like, the, the markets here are now going into the roads. Like, that is the problem. It's, it's a hazard. So yeah. I think if they did implement things like that from Abuja, mm-hmm. maybe the traders would need licenses to trade. Mm-hmm. That would make so much more sense. Yeah, yeah, that 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 I agree with. And also just the more recreational activities. Because, I mean, we say this all the time, yes. Like, if you allow yourself, you can get fat in Sierra Leone because like there's nothing to do but to eat you're like oh you want a change of scenery but then we just have a lot of restaurants you know so you're like okay let's just grab a drink a drink goes into eating you know so then it's like there's no actual recreational activities you know um you go to eat and then beach Mm, that's Um, it or the beach I mean you don't always want to go to the beach that's the thing and I feel like that's the one go-to spot all the time but you know mm-hmm. sometimes you could just tie a beach you want to do other things yeah so. go to the cinema yes we do cinema, i mean i'll give props bowling, to you know the cinema in place but like they don't play the movies i'll be interested in or, or the latest movies you know like in other countries like okay yeah let's go watch a movie over the weekend you can do that or a bowling alley but i'm not saying those type of recreational activities need to be um encompassed in Sur- no 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 something that works for our general populace in our community something that we would like to do. But the thing is, what would the average Serlian like to do? Because we're talking from the perspective of Daspins returning. This is what we'd like to do, paintball. or I mean, come on now, these things are not practical in this country. And that's fine. I understand where we're coming from. I understand where we are. But something that actual Serlians need to do. So it would be cool if one of the the big media houses like went to the streets and like, hey, okay, what kind of recreational activity would you like to see done? You know, because there is Victoria Park that they've... um, refurbished and everything but uh it's not privatized i believe so you have to pay an admission fee my mom was saying earlier it was free you go play 
Do your thing. Who is it privatized by? Do I know? don't know. A company took it over. I don't know. But I see Maltina all over the place. Maybe Maltina sponsored them. Oh, I think them. they're sponsored, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. But, um, yeah. And not that Sierra Leone has not changed. I mean, it's transformed. That's just life, you know? You transform and grow over time. But, anyways, it's good that we had these interviews yeah, uh, with these sure. three women. And just I gave know, us some more perspective. I notice how both um, both of our mothers mentioned education mm. and how it was held to a higher value back when they were at school than it is now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, other than the, the crowding of the classes, because the classes back then were a lot smaller, what else do you think um, has made it like that? So that children do not well i won't say the children don't value the education but right but okay other than the 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 classroom sizes yes you know uh, lack of resources Mm -hmm. um in addition to that i would say like i mentioned in a few episodes it's the brain drainage as well that we're still suffering from a lot of our highly brain injury brain drain oh (laughs) (laughs) the brain drain that we're still suffering the the, a lot of our australians who left during the war you know so there were high they were high they're experts in their fields so and some of them many of them have not returned so i think if we still had them and they had passed on their expertise to the younger generation yes we would have been in a better situation but you know things happen things happen but you know more diasporans are coming home you know, maybe not in the large numbers that we want them to, but a lot of people are coming home. Especially people our age. I see many people like, oh, I'm coming home. I'm like, what? Okay. That's true. So, I was really shocked when I got here because I, I thought I would be like... The only one? Yeah, no. No, people are coming I, I, home I've now. I've met a couple of um, returnees. A yes. couple of R's. <laughs> a couple of R's. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you for using my quote. Thank you. So, um, in that regard, I think we are... Um, we are moving forward, we are pushing, you know, not just the young people, but I think some of the older generation, they are also listening. You know, because now, you know, it's Kade, you know go day, you know go sit down with big people in Sidon. As in you would not even have you wouldn't you wouldn't, wouldn't be in the conversation. Yeah, at all. You know, but now, you know, because a lot of my the work that I do, especially with like um girl empowerment, it is with the older generation. And they listen to me, you know. Mm. Sometimes I even lead discussions. I'm just like, eh, times have changed, you know, because ageism is a big thing in African society. So, yes, you know, a lot of, yeah, yeah, a lot of the discussions, a lot of the speaking engagements I attend, it is with older, I'm usually one of the youngest people, if not the young one. So um, that's good that that's also being included. Yeah, that's really good. It's progress. Progress is progress. So please, like we say, follow the conversation, Y Square Pod, as we will be away for six weeks, but we'll be back, 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 back we'll on be your back devices. And better. May 2019. Uh, there will be some changes, not to alarm you. You know, we'll still have our regular content, but you know, stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll yeah, be, especially on Instagram. Yeah, stay we'll tuned. be revealing what happens along the way within the hiatus. Mm-hmm. And before we conclude, I will give us our proverb. So uh, this is a Solonian proverb we decided to use just because of the theme. Um, it was originally translated from Kono, and I'm not going to disgrace myself. So this is the Creole version, and now I interpret in English. So, meaning however bad things are, they won't last. 
And that's true, you know, it's like, uh, what is the English idiom? No condition is permanent or whatever. Yeah, so I think that's self-explanatory, but we're going to wind down now. Thank you all for your support over the first season. Truly, your feedback is um, immeasurable, you know. We can't thank you all enough. Uh, continue to stay tuned to the conversation. Also, we encourage you to use the hashtag as well, YSquarePod. Yeah, is there anything else you want to chime in? Yeah, I think you covered it. Again, thank you so much for your support. We couldn't continue without it. Um, please join the conversation. Let us know what's been your favorite episode. Mm. This is the seventh one. And yeah, it's been a pleasure to do a season. Merci à vous. On a thank you. Thank you, thank you. Madassi, shukran, asanti, we're tuning out, white square pod, out. Socials, yes. Of oh, course, of course. So you know, you know this by now. Y square pod on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram, and Facebook. And Facebook. And my socials are Yasmin underscore tells, travel, explore, live and learn smart. You can find me on the same socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And this is Mina Bilkis, M-I-N-A-B-I-L-K-I-S. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay, until May. Bye.